0: Chiefs win 41-10 over the Chicago Bears and what was a pretty stress-free game for Chiefs Kingdom. The offense was good. The defense was dominant. We're going to talk about some records that were broken, some moments that we shouldn't forget from that game, and that other storyline that everyone is talking about. Yeah, we're going to touch on that a little bit, too. Right now, it's time for 10 things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people, and welcome to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Haley Lewis. Haley, it's been 12 hours again since I saw you last. How's it going?
1: <laughs> Life is good. Lots has happened. Uh, lots of storylines. Lots to do. Uh, pick apart here.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a fun show. It's always fun coming after a win, but it's also nice when your offense is dominant, your defense mm-hmm. is dominant, and there's obviously a lot to talk through with this game. But before we get into the 10 things that stood out to us from the Chiefs win over the Bears, I want to thank our sponsor, Mission Taco Joint. Now, with three locations in Kansas City, including the new one at Park Place out in Leewood, they're over in Town Center, Mission Taco was generous enough to help support our Feed It Forward program. We actually did our first delivery last week. We put some pictures out on social and shout out to Mission Taco Joint for making that a smooth process. and something that we will do every month with them going forward in a partnership with Hope Faith Ministries and the Alma Shelter downtown. And so if you are interested in helping or supporting that program in some way, please reach out to us and know that you can also get 10% off of your meal on Tuesdays at any of the Mission Tacos in Kansas City by just mentioning KCSN. So we appreciate their support, and go grab some tacos on Tuesday. Uh, you will not be disappointed with what you get there. And we've got uh, some more news coming out tomorrow. Got to cross some T's and dot some I's before we announce, but uh, be on the lookout for some new news uh, tomorrow regarding our partnership with Mission Taco and Holiday Distillery. We got some fun stuff there, but, Ailey, you ready to get into these 10 things? Bourbon, Tacos, football. Yep. Bourbon, Tacos, football. I guess is a good time before we get into ten things we've talked.
1: Oh, I didn't mean I did. to line that up. Oh, okay, that kind of
0: We got these amazing shirts thanks to our friends over at Holiday Distillery. For anybody watching on YouTube, I'm sorry if you're just listening to the podcast. You have to get on social. But Be these cute. shirts, I love bourbon and football. If you're interested in one of these shirts, we're going to give we'll give a couple of these away. Uh, let us know in the comment section on YouTube or leave us a review on mm-hmm. Apple or Spotify podcast, and we're going to grab a couple that we like. Uh, let us know what your favorite takeaway or your favorite 10 thing, or if we missed one, whatever you think. Uh, the most creative, the best one. Uh, we will pick a couple of those and uh, send you one of these shirts. Shirts hey, are awesome. They say, I love bourbon and football.
1: If you see it's a, a couple
0: girl of all walking down the street in a shirt that says, I love bourbon and football, you wife her. I,
1: you're already wifed, but yeah, like to,
0: but the, to the singles out I there. I would go give them a high <laughs> five or something, because if they're wearing one of our shirts, I'd be very excited. Um, but yeah, if it's... That's wife material right there. Love you, Megan. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's get into the ten things. Uh, let's start with the one that is the most obvious. So it's what everybody's talking about. I've perused some of the the Chiefs' uh, sites that that cover the team, and it's all over everything. Yeah, I'm talking about the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey stuff. And Haley, I'm gonna give my my take on this, and Okay. I'm gonna kind of probably leave us alone for the most part. I tweeted out one thing yesterday. Um, so somebody's from Kansas City who's born and raised here, like. It's really cool and really special that the biggest star on the planet, and I, yeah. I saw some some conversations on social media um, about, like, is there anybody in the world more famous than Taylor Swift? Maybe Beyonce. Maybe. But, that's but even, guess. like, when you compare, like, 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 ticket sales and all that, it's not again like, the Beyonce, is it the Beyonce Hive? Is that what it is? Beehive. The Beehive, sorry. Um, that in the Swifties. Like, not trying to get into that discussion. Right. However you want, one of the most recognizable musicians, just stars on the planet, was at Arrowhead watching one of the greatest and most recognizable athletes on the planet. Mm -hmm. But that's not why she was there. (laughs) But just as a Kansas City person, like, it's just, it is cool Cool. that it's happening in Kansas City. Um, Outside of all the other off-the-field stuff, which we don't really get into a lot um, on the network. Uh, It's just cool that they were both in Kansas City. And I looked it up. It was, nobody wants to remember this, but just for context. It was 4,005 days ago. That there were banners flying at Arrowhead to fire the GM and could not have been a, probably a lower point in the organization. And eleven years later, we've got the most recognizable musician mm-hmm. star on the planet watching one of our players hanging out afterwards, yelling "Let fucking go!" Like <laughs> mini, meme and gif that's going to be used she forever. It hard. Uh, it's just it's cool that it's happening in Kansas City. All the other personal stuff and the dating scene and all that stuff aside, it's just cool that. All this is happening in Arrowhead and in Kansas City.
1: I love how yesterday we both sit down and I'm like, I'm so sick of this taser it's split Kelsey crap. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about that it anymore. Then she shows up and yeah. it just goes. And now we're like, yeah, Taylor's- I mean, it is. It's cool. No, it's not what we talk about. It's not the X exactly. and those and everything. But it is it- it's hard not to recognize. I thought it was really cool. I was listening to Josh go do his whole postgame show on on radio yesterday. And he brought up a really good point. He goes. You know, Patrick Mahomes is now yesterday was the second most famous person at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm sure that's nothing new to him. And then he's like, no, wait, is he? Because Travis Kelsey is but now in quotes, you know, dating Taylor Swift. His I looked at his Instagram this morning. He's already over three million and it continues to climb of how many followers he has. So is Patrick Mahomes less famous than Travis Kelsey now? When you think of the world of all the people who only know football because or only know of the Chiefs because of Taylor Swift.
0: I mean... You know what I hate? Is we should the title of this episode, and it famous. would just absolutely crush. It would just absolutely crush all the clickbait <laughs> stuff. And we're talking it off the top. Some people are listening, thinking that they love it. They want to consume all this content. Yeah. And there's people out there that are probably like, can we please just get to the... It's cute. Stuff. It's fun. So we'll all through it. I am here for those people. I will say my one thing that I don't like. And this is the same case with the Patrick Mahomes and the aerial shots of his house, which this a off on my take on that. The pictures of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift around Kansas City, like it's, it's crazy, It's weird. It and is. that's that's stuff's always weird. And uh let's, let go, show let your let family people. group chat. That's all you need to send just it just to let them be people. This like just weird. let them go do their thing. We'll talk about stuff in the stadium. Obviously the gif is awesome. It was my favorite thing uh, about this whole situation was the let's effing go. Uh, that she yelled out that we'll, yeah. we will use that. gift. But bring- outside of that, this will probably be the extent at which I, on the network's talking, I know everybody else got to get their takes on it. <laughs> um,
1: hey, bring the Swifties yeah. to the kingdom. We love it. More more in the Chiefs' kingdom. Hopefully they don't break up and there's not a song. And Swifties, wow. I'll go I'll negative. Cheer for, cheer for Casey.
0: There, there are other Chief sites that will have you up to date on all of the TMZ stuff that you There want, you go. Uh, regarding that situation, but... That's what we got. Other than I just think it's cool that it's happening in Kansas City. So, it's moving on to number two. Andy Reid makes history, Haley. Andy Reid notched his 271st combined win with regular season and postseason as an NFL head coach with Sunday's victory over the Bears, and that feat moved him into sole possession of fourth place for most wins in NFL history, breaking a tie with Pro Football Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry with 270 wins. And, Haley, when you look at the top, I guess we have the top nine here that are yeah. listed And a lot of this information is uh, courtesy of the Chiefs Communications Department and the PR staff, is that Marty Schottenheimer, it always jumps out. Now we know Andy Reid's up there. We talk about these a lot. The fact that Marty Schottenheimer's eighth all-time. I know. Like, put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, let's... It's time. Like, let's get this thing done. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Andy Reid, fourth all-time. You've got the greatest Rolling. tight end in NFL history. What will go down as the most talented quarterback. I don't know if he's going to win more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. Sure, a discussion to have for down the road. He's going to be in that conversation of the greatest quarterback to ever play and one of the greatest coaches to ever live, all in Kansas City um, at the same time.
1: Yeah, and the, it's it's just wild to see what Reed has done. I kind of found some notes on it, thinking he's sixty five years old. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been to four Super Bowls. One, two continues to had that Hall of Fame. You know, resume and and it's just. You look at those names and you see, oh, wow, that is the head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that we are reporting on. And we get get caught up in this a lot. And I know we say it almost every single week that it's almost, what would be the best word to describe it? It's kind of sometimes surreal that these are the topics we have to report on. Yeah. And that these are the names that you see listed here along with Andy Reid. And now he's surpassing. legends (laughs) like uh, I found out so he has 249 regular season wins and 22 postseason victories including last Super Bowl win right one more win and that will tie Reed with Landry again for four solely in regular season but it's just like we're we're hashtag blessed okay
0: yes that's probably the best way to put it uh is to not normalize it that's part of the reason I love doing this show right and I think it's a good fit within the network is just a lot of meat it's a lot of the not normalizing greatness. That, we could just rename the show Don't Normalize Greatness. Don't uh, Tucker, see. Tucker's giving one of those <laughs> looks. that graphic? Whoop that up. We'll fix it in post, Back. right? Just fix everything in post. Um, all right, so we're on to number three. Another one of those, holy cow, I can't believe this is real. Yeah. Kinds of stats and paces. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the seventh-year quarterback, threw for 272 yards in Sunday's win over the Bears, surpassing 25,000 career passing yards in just 83 career games, Mahomes became the quickest quarterback in NFL history to reach that milestone, besting the previous mark of 90 games held by Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. We know spent most of his early part of his career with the Detroit Lions. Mahomes had previously broken Stafford's record uh, of in 71 games for the fastest to 20,000 passing yards, accomplishing that feat in just 67 career games. And Mahomes was relieved by Blaine Gabbert in the third quarter of the 41 to 10 win over the Bears on Sunday. Again, including 24 of 33 for 272 and three touchdowns. Almost just one of those like ho-hum, just yeah. 272, three touchdowns three taken out. Yeah, taken out after three quarters. Uh, some of the plays, I know the Justin Watson throw and catch, and yeah. uh, equally impressive on both sides. I'm not gonna take anything away from that, that catch. But now that we're getting the different angles and the all 22 angles and the end zone angle of that throw from the homes, we put it out on the social media. I know there's a lot of people that have posted it. Uh, I was saying, stupid, impressive throw. But again, Patrick Mahomes reaching twenty five thousand yards career passing yards, mm-hmm. eight seven games faster than Matthew Stafford, nine games faster than Dan Marino, fourteen games faster than Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, and Jared Goff. I mean, that's almost an entire season that he yeah. has that he did in less time to reach twenty five thousand yards than a guy like Peyton Manning. <laughs> I don't know how you just say that with a straight face again just yeah not be like oh my god the names that he's in company with just fanboy and girl in and out here <laughs> i don't know okay. what else to call it okay like, yeah, what I mean, is I'll this this right? is that why. part of the show uh and this is that show to go over these things right uh but again you know not normalizing greatness yeah it should be the end of show. So,
1: change it talk- uh i think what's cool is how humble he is and I mean, we've both spoken with him before and in the post game, they're always going to ask him these stats that come out. And I love that. I went back and watched some of the clips from it. And the first thing they ask him, they're like, oh, how did it feel to, you know, get this new feat, another new record? He goes, it's cool. Yeah. Like at, at, just like that. It's cool. And then he goes on to say, you know, I don't think about that stuff. And he's probably one of the only athletes that I actually believe when he says that because yeah. he has too many other things to focus on. And think about. And he goes, I don't think about that stuff. It's a tremendous honor. But the cool thing is that he immediately started referencing it would not be happening if it weren't for the organization that I'm part of. If I did not have Travis Kelsey, if I didn't have you know guys like Tyree Kill in the past, if I didn't have Coach Andy Reid, like there, all these things need to happen in this perfect storm. Now that does not discredit how phenomenal he would have been for another organization as well. But he immediately puts it off on his teammates for being able to get there. And I just. That's, that's why he's the leader of this locker room.
0: Yeah, uh, it was a lot more recent for you uh, being around them and being. I mean, it's been almost what four seasons, three three years uh, that I was around him. But I, the thing that I remember is just just a normal dude. Yeah, um, and didn't nope. let any of the success. And that was the great thing about you know back then, the credit was all about Alex Smith. Yeah, and then what he got. And that's it, true. Yeah, it, I don't think any Chiefs fan should speak about Patrick Mahomes' maturation as a professional athlete in Kansas City. Alex Smith absolutely has to be mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, when talking about at least the beginning of his career uh, about what that meant to him and what that red shirt year meant to him. And we'll never know what would have happened if he got out there and played, but you ask him and when he's been asked about it, I don't think he, I think he's admitted that what we saw in year two from him going out throwing 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, that wouldn't have been the case the year before. He needed that time uh, to get better. Still would have been good. We don't know how that would have worked out, but um, yeah, shout out Alex Smith and Side note everything that he's going on. Keep Alex Smith and his family uh in your thoughts and prayers. And if you don't know it, look at I don't want to say the wrong thing, but look it up uh, and keep him in your thoughts. So um let's move on to number four.
1: Okay, go All other right. side of the
0: ball. Yes. All right. So this is this is good this enough, is, this, is, this is a couple of stats, courtesy of next gen stats on Twitter. First one, the Chiefs defense, George Karloftis generated a career high six pressures on just 20 pass rushes. A 30% pressure rate. Uh, again, according to next gen stats, Loftus has recorded at least three pressures in every game this season and has nearly doubled his pressure rate, uh, which is 15.1% through three games compared to his rookie year last year mm. at just 8%. George Karloftis has been, there's a lot of guys uh, on the defense. We spent a lot of time talking about the second year players. Yeah. Uh, he is definitely one of those guys that stepped up in making plays uh, for this defense. a reason that they're one of the best defenses in the NFL right now.
1: I know. We've been hitting on it a lot, that second-year leap, the sophomore year. And for this guy, we watched him, and I watched him during training camp all last year, working with Frank Clark when he was here and just staying. I mean, Frank Clark even mentioned how annoying it was at points. <laughs> he was saying it in a kind way, but like also saying, dude, I'm watching you, okay? I get what you're doing. Like That's yeah. awesome. Let's go over these reps, but also can I take a breather? He was so excited to, to win every rep, and now we're seeing... That translate from his rookie season over to the second year, where he's actually able to not just win or not just get the get the pressure by effort, but now he's actually winning the reps, and that's where we're seeing that little change in that football IQ, where it's starting to make that flip. Uh, so to see this stat come out, it's as impressive as it is. I'm kind of not shocked by it. Yeah, and hope he only continues this trend.
0: I was one last year that was saying throughout the entire year that George Karloftis was going to break Derek Thomas's rookie sack record. Really? And yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> and if he had not, mi- he missed quite a few early in the season, some gimmies uh, that He's he, he would have threat- He threatened it towards the end of the year. He had a couple of big games, um, and then I was going to include playoffs. <laughs> I started changing the moving the goalposts around changing a little bit. The rules, uh, but he had a great rookie year. It's great to see him, and it's not even the fact that he was working with Frank. But, and asking all those questions is great, but it shows you the the work ethic and just yeah how he's wired. And you get to see, you take that and extrapolate an entire offseason. He's hungry. Yep. He wants to get better. Uh, he's not kind of resting on the fact that he's made it to the NFL or he was on a Super Bowl winning team. Obviously, athletically, you were seeing him with the change of direction, the athletic fluidity, all of those things that, uh, I don't say they were knocks on him, but it wasn't his strength. He was more of a um, strength Power guy, power yeah. guy that was going to get sacks on his third and fourth move. Mm-hmm. The effort, not quitting on plays, and now you see some of the change of direction. You saw him chase down Justin Fields and catching him by the yeah by the shoelace, uh, shoe, shoelace as the word that I'm looking for. Uh, and I almost you could see as Justin Fields got up, he was like, "Who was like who yeah. just got me from behind?" <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, but George Col mm-hmm. is showing some athleticism. Uh, great for him, and it's a great sign for a Chiefs defense that again. Hasn't had Charles Amenho yet, who on the inside, the things that they're going to be able to do when they get that kind of athlete rushing from the inside, uh, along with obviously with Chris Jones and what he's doing, we're seeing development from Felix Andy Duque-Uzama. It's going to be a special thing to watch for what's already considered one of the top defenses uh, in the NFL. So let's move on to the second next-gen stats, stat that they put out, and it's Patrick Mahomes. He completed 18 of 24 passes from inside the tackle box without pressure For 212 yards and three touchdowns, Mahomes has faced the lowest pressure rate, 25.4% of his career this season, and has thrown the most touchdowns, six, without throwing an INT from clean pockets. And Haley, I also saw a stat that there's only two teams in the NFL right now that have not had a sack given up that was attributed to the offensive line. Mm -hmm. It was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, their offensive line has been good for a while. I'm now I'm trying to like think back through the but past couple of weeks. Their left tackle uh pretty much lines up as yeah. a fullback. Uh if you watch any screenshots, and that's a different discussion with the Joan Taylor, and I'm sure we can get into that later. I know Kent has got some takes <laughs> about Joan Taylor. So Ken missed the postgame show. We were texting last night. He and his family had a phenomenal game. Uh if you're listening to this, yeah. you're going to want to listen to the lap because yeah. Kent is Rant Swanson is coming out. Uh, it came out in a text message between the two of us. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be a thing. So make yeah, sure that. that's a but, debacle. But offensive line great. Patrick Mahomes uh, doesn't really matter if he's clean pocket or not. He's gonna make plays. But uh, it's mm-hmm. great when he's not getting hit. Yeah, um, on the ankle because the refs. That so so annoying stuff.
1: Um, outside of that point, this all stems back to what happened in Super Bowl Fifty Five. That was a The offensive line, Patrick Mahomes running for his entire life. It was horrible to watch. No one wanted to see it. He had no protection. And it was almost as if Red Beach put his foot down and just said never again.
0: Yeah, they fixed an entire offseason.
1: Yeah. And since then, the overhaul, the O-line, and it's just continually gotten better. And we see how much time Mahomes had yesterday. He had so much time, and I get it why previously he maybe hasn't wanted to sit in the pocket as much and have that much time. But it, I, I hope that he almost was looking around. You could almost see it a little bit when I watched parts of the game back. that He was looking around, being like, "Oh, yeah, it's nice in here. <laughs> like I got time in the pocket, you know, like I could hang out." And so he was given ample time to get things done. And yes, the Bears are just that bad as well. But this O line has been
0: impressive through three three games so far. So absolutely. All right, let's move on to number five, and it's along the offensive line. See how that worked out. Oh, yeah, it's consistency at center. It's Creed Humphrey marked his 37th consecutive start when he took the field for Sunday's matchup against the Bears. Humphrey's 37th straight start since the beginning of 2021 ties him with safety Greg Wesley for the fifth most consecutively started games to begin a career in Chiefs history. Since 2021, the Chiefs offensive line has allowed 55 sacks, the second fewest in the league, The line allowed no sacks in Sunday's game and has only allowed one sack through the first three games of the 2023 season. Just mentioned that earlier, that sack that they have given up was not attributed to the offensive line, at least according to PFF analytics to go back and find that. But uh, yeah, most consecutive games started to begin a career. Tied for fifth right now with 37.
1: Creed is an impressive guy. Not, I mean, doesn't say much. At all, I think I've maybe spoke, maybe gotten a word or two out of him. He loves some Boulevard. But, um, he loves him some Jacks. He just is a good old country boy. <laughs> like, and just you know keeps his head down and does what he does best and performs. And that's what they loved about him when he was in college. He was just a guy who got it done and did whatever he needed to do to get it done. He's been solid and consistent for this team, and I love it. No sacks yesterday. It was great to see that pocket presence from Mahomes hopefully it continues this guy's been a,
0: a leader for them online a chance this offseason uh just a couple months ago to go down to dallas to watch the o-line masterminds group that uh oh, duke cool. manyweather runs down there at the star in dallas and they get some of the top offensive lines some of the top former hall of fame offensive will shields was down there a number of former chiefs that were down there but you have uh cooper Beebe from k-state you have some of the top offensive line in the yeah. country i think there were over 300 offensive linemen that were down there and you have you know, Division Two offensive linemen all the way up to, like, the entire freaking Michigan offensive line or something was there, and one of the top offensive lines in the country. It's just, it's all about the offensive line, and it was cool talking to Duke and to some of the the people who run it down there, mm-hmm. uh, this event, and that Creed Humphrey was there as a college player just a few years ago, kind of soaking up all this knowledge from, you know, these Hall of Fame, Steve Hutchinson, and I'm going to forget All of the guys who were there, but just there was a panel of just like seven of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history that were all there talking to these players. And for Creed Humphrey, again, two, three, four years ago, there's a player at the University of Oklahoma going to learn. And just a few short, just a short time later, now he, when they break off into these groups, he's leading some of these groups and speaking to these college centers and to these guys that were in his position just three years ago didn't take him that long to become a thought leader and somebody that can help the next generation of offensive linemen. And again, we spend so much time talking about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. But some of these things are kind of happening with the offensive line. It's not as highlighted. It's not talked about as much. It's not as sexy to talk about. But at that position, when you're looking at the, the thought leaders and again, the people that um, are bringing up the greatest offensive linemen, training them and teaching them, they see Creed as someone that should be speaking to younger players.
1: That's just wild. Because how old is he? He's probably like what, 20...
0: 24. Chai fearless An infant. Tucker,
1: so, he's only a year older than that.
0: And just uh, to to finish that out, in case anyone was curious who's listening, uh, a, the only guys that have started more games to more consecutive games to begin a career in Chiefs history. Talk about him being tied with Greg Wesley. Uh, Tom Ali between 2006 and 2008 started 41 straight okay. games to begin his career. Art Still, uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, started 51 games. Brandon Carr started 40, or excuse me, 64 games between 2008 and 2011. Uh, sneaky, phenomenal, like pretty good career yeah. for Brandon Carr. Even if it was, the Chief, he spent a lot of time with Baltimore after that as well. And then maybe never going to be caught, Gary Barbaro. Started 101 consecutive games to begin his career from 1976 to 1982. Uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy impressive. Number. And you get above 100 games, you get into Will Shields' territory, which I still mm-hmm. think is one of the most impressive feats in NFL history. Will Shields started 223 straight games. The only game in his career he did not start was the first game of his career. He came in in the second quarter against the Bucs when Dave Zott hurt his like ankle. You see him coming off. Will Shields went in and start, and then never didn't start again until he retired. Unbelievable um, nugget there. I like that one.
1: I like the nuggets. The nuggets. I, the O-line.
0: All right. We're so, going to take a the break, looks. and we'll get the, the next five things, the final five things that stood out to us when the Chiefs went over the Bears right after this.
2: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
0: With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's right, 50% off by using code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. Fellas, are you running into some stubble trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean shaven look but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every other day? I know you are. That's why we've partnered with Manscaped, the brand for below the waist, And it's coming to save that beautiful face. Yes, sir. Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new handyman, Electric Face Shaver. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to manscaped.com and use code KCSN for 20% off and free shipping. Your face is the first thing people see when you walk through the door. Give them something to look at with the Manscaped Handyman. For me, being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of traditional shaving is priceless. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong modal. Trust me, gents, you can't go wrong with any of these options. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KCSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at nanscape.com and use code KCSN. Hit the refresh button with the handyman. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. All right, welcome back to 10 Things BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis, talking about some tacos. Thanks to our presenting sponsor of this show, Mission Taco Joint. Make sure to... Check out and get your Taco Tuesdays and mention KCSN for 10% off. But we're at number six on the 10 things that stood out to us about the Chiefs win over the Bears. Haley, what do we got for number six?
1: Good old Jerk McKinnon. Guy that had a lot of promise last year and older guy on the team. Everyone wanted to see him back. They get his contract signed. He's back here in KC. Had one hell of a December last year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... Here he goes, scores his first touchdown of the season to open the day. His six-yard touchdown catch from Patrick Mahomes capped off a six-play 59-yard drive. Later in the second half, he found the end zone again for a second time. Three-yard pass from Mahomes, finishing touch was an 11-play 88-yard, giving Kansas City a 21-0 lead his third game with multiple receiving touchdowns since he joined the Chiefs in 2021. He is a running back. Uh, And now he owns 11 receiving touchdowns since joining the Chiefs. That's the fourth most by any running back in history above Kareem Hunt. Wow. He's coming in fourth all time. So Jamal Charles.
0: He's got a ways to chase him.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: But still, it is interesting. He three years. Jamal was here nine years.
1: It, it does change things that 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 does that, that does matter. But you know, yeah. Jared Stelder, guy, he's thirty one, and yeah. to be able to do what he's doing on the field, Um, and also he is a guy who, like I mentioned, I know I keep going back to last year because we only have like three games to talk about this For sure. so far. But he did such an exceptional job when the Chiefs really needed that run presence yeah. and Pacheco coming together, just kind of making that one two punch. Uh, it, it was phenomenal. And then today, or, or excuse me, yesterday, to see the two of them also do that again together. Jarek's a guy who... a perfect fit. He is. He's a perfect fit for right in. I think that's the best way to say
0: it. We talked about it on the post-game show that, you know, he hadn't got... He had five touches in the first two games, which is very unlike what we've come to expect from Jarek McKinnon coming into the season, whereas last year, he averaged seven and a half touches a game over the course of the entire season, so five touches within the first two weeks. Talk about a Chiefs offense with a lot of young receivers, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who weren't necessarily super comfortable with what they were going to be asked to do yet and you have you know why they just don't have that experience and they're going to get it they're going to get there we saw with she rice uh seemed to things kind of started to click for him it was nice to see him go out there and get a positive result but with Jarek mckinnon it was nice to see him get his hands back on the football he had five touches i think he was 28 yards with a couple of touchdowns uh getting back into the mix but um yeah i I was one of the storylines offensively with the chief struggles through the first two games or relative struggles compared to what we have come to expect from them was, it was just a little surprising that Jarek McKinnon wasn't more involved for as many new faces and especially new receivers that were going to be out there for Patrick Holmes that he wasn't utilized more early, but we know, you know, AD Reed's going to find a way to get yeah. football and the offense was going to be fine. It was just, you know, finding their, finding their stride. And they seem to do that with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, but Let's uh, move on to number seven. Another guy who keeps keeps things in stride.
1: Yeah, I've heard of him.
0: Yeah, Travis Kelsey. He put up the Chiefs. Uh, he put the Chiefs up forty-one to nothing after pulling in a three-yard touchdown pass from Patrick Holmes in the third quarter of Sunday's win. They got that. Yeah, went up forty-one nothing in the third quarter. And Kelsey has now scored in five consecutive games, including regular and postseason. After he scored in all three of the team's twenty twenty two postseason matchups. I think because of who was in attendance, Haley, I don't think there was any opportunity, especially 34 to nothing. Yeah. You know who's there. You know, everybody know who's there. You know, why she's there. The ball was going to go to Kelsey. I think they tried to yeah. go to him a little bit earlier. And it was just one of those plays where it's like you drop the play and it's like, I'm just going to, we're going to huh, do what yeah. we, what's designed. And then you scramble a little bit. I'm going to go to the open spot and throw it to me. I'm going to catch a touchdown. But, uh, he's notched a touchdown in each of the other two games this season, and he finished the day as the team's leading receiver with seven catches for 69 yards with the one touchdown. Kelsey now has 71 career touchdown receptions to rank second in franchise history and 74 total touchdowns for his career, ranking as the third most in franchise history.
1: It's. I think we were literally talking about it just last week, how we were reading off Patrick Mahomes' new record, and we rolled right into a Kelsey new record, and it was just saying... I think I said something along the lines of it is wild. As much as we talk about Patrick Mahomes getting a new record, it's like Kelsey's getting a new one every single week as well. That's the type of conversation that he's in. It's been impressive to see what he did. And also last week, not having a great week, coming back, fighting through injury, frustration, arguably a very angry Travis Kelsey, a very lighthearted, happy Travis Kelsey for many reasons. But also, you know, to, to see him be the Kelsey that we all are used to seeing he wasn't wearing his yellow cleats, which was disappointing because that's usually when he has great games. But he did have the yellow gloves, so. Yeah, why that. do I know that? I don't know. I didn't know that at all. I actually kind of regret saying that because that's a little creepy.
0: I'm not taking that out, though. I'll take it out. Tucker,
1: you can cut that.
0: <laughs> you leave that stuff in here at KCSN.
1: But anyways, it's, just like, it's cool to see that, that Kelsey does what he does best. Yeah. Gets right into it. Yeah, the Bears suck, but I mean... It's cool that he's still Kelsey.
0: two touchdowns shy of tying Tony Gonzalez for the second most uh, in in Chiefs history and five shy of tying Tony Gonzalez for the most receiving touchdowns in Chiefs history. It'll be great for a player who sees Kansas City as the reason that uh, he's got the career that he does. Yeah. uh, Being at the top of those lists. Priest Holmes, top. Not surprising. But that all came in like two years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not surprising, but just incredible to begin to be in the conversation with those names.
0: I just want to know how many touchdowns Jamal Charles would have had. Yeah, well, I can look at it. Jamal Charles had 64 touchdowns in his career. Really want to know how many touchdowns Jamal Charles would have had if he would have been behind the same offensive line that Priest Holmes did. Uh, Conversation for June. That's a June podcast that we could talk about. <laughs> Not something we need to talk about at the end of September when the Chiefs are we got going <laughs> strong. Speaking of strong, moving on to number eight. I'm sorry it took this long, but just it's the way the cookie crumbled. Um, you can leave that in, too. I don't know why that came out that way. Defense holds strong. Chiefs defense. I'm sorry that it took the whole point was I'm sorry it took till point eight for us to get to the Chiefs defense uh, as a whole. But Chiefs defense was uh, stout on Sunday, holding the bears to just four of 12 on third down and one of two on both fourth downs and inside the red zone. We know from a week prior against the Jags reason Mm -hmm. the chiefs won that game holding the Jags to zero for three inside the red zone, but the chiefs quieted the bears passing game, holding Justin Fields and the Chicago offense to just 87 (coughs) passing yards and 116 rushing yards for a total of 203 net offensive yards. That, Defensive stand was good enough for the fifth-fewest yards allowed in the Andy wow. Reid tenure in Kansas City since 2013. And I'll say it one more time. 203 yards given up by the Chiefs defense is the fifth-fewest number of yards given up since Andy Reid has been in Kansas City.
1: It's impressive. It's impressive to see what they've been doing. It started all back in, what, 2019 when they overhauled everything, brought in Spagnolo and here's what well, we've continued to see, not only Spags, but the personnel that they brought in. And it's finally starting to really roll together. And we talked about this last night on the postgame show. I don't think we've, through three weeks, spoken so highly of the Chiefs' defense. It's always the conversation of, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to work out. It's all going to be fine. Week seven, week eight. Like, that's when things are going to get rolling. Don't worry now. Coach Spags always say, like, I'm not even going to look at stats until then. Don't yep. worry about it. Uh, and to see that we're having the conversation so early on is kind of incredible to wonder about what it's going to actually be like week eight if this is the trend that continues. Because, yeah. yes, again, I know there was basically no offensive line for poor little Justin Fields back there. And he couldn't run. He couldn't throw. He couldn't capitalize on any
0: <laughs> poor, poor little Justin, Justin.
1: <laughs> Again, they're infants. OK, I always forget they're so young. But the thing is. It's um it's just it's it's interesting to see how different the shift in conversation is about the defense and how good the potential of this defense is.
0: Yeah, I think we're all guilty of it too. And then the way you talk about the Chiefs defense, it had in the past it had always been in context of the defense needs to be good enough to just, just get by, that, Just yeah. hold them or just get yeah, the Chiefs back on the even, field. They're gonna create some turnovers because teams are trying to keep up with the Chiefs. So they're gonna yeah. play the ball a lot, or they're gonna try, you know, not to go out of bounds. They're gonna try to get those extra yards because they know Or they're going to go for it on fourth down. They're going to go like be really aggressive because they know they have to steal possessions or they can't just go possession for possession and try and and feel like that's a a winning strategy to beat the Chiefs. But now the Chiefs defense is dominant as a standalone outside of what the offense is able to do, which is a really scary thing. And I know we've already talked about it probably a couple of times here that the defense doing what it's doing without Charles Amenehu. I was as big on Charles Amenehu in that signing. I know I've praised Drew Tranquil in that signing a lot. But the Charles Amenhu changes everything about what the Chiefs can do because of his ability. And I know he's listed as a defensive end. I only think of Charles Amenhu on what he can do lined up inside in passing situations. where Chris is on the outside and the stunts and the twists that they're going to be able to do with Charles Amenhu going from like a B-gap to like a backside B-gap on a stunt. And I know it's nerdy football stuff, and I understand it enough to be able to visualize what I just said. I'm not going to pretend to know everything about everything but I've watched enough highlights of that dude of what he can do athletically. and pressure and in an offensive yep, line. Yep. That Steve Spagnolo is going to have a field day. When you add in George Karloftis' development, what Felix Duque Uzama is going to be, as he gets some more experience, and even Leo Chanel, uh, with what he's doing as like a rush Sam off-ball linebacker and his development and athleticism coming out. It's, it's exciting now, but there's even reason to feel like it's going to get better as soon as that, I think it's a six-game suspension. Yes, for Charles Minnaar. Um, as soon as he's back out on that field, it it could go up another notch. But before, sorry, I cut you off real quick. In case anybody's listening is curious, what the other four games that fewer allowed fewer yards were allowed by a Chiefs defense under Andy Reid's uh, time in Kansas City. Uh, the number one, the best performance that we've had from the Chiefs defense under Andy Reid hundred and seventy eight yards from the jacksonville jaguars that was the first game of andy reed's tenure um, <laughs> on september 8th 2013 i think that was the game that started with a safety am i am i wrong about that i feel like there was a safety in that game and it. i remember thinking tucker wasn't even born then I mean, <laughs> we went over it earlier i asked how many how old you were because that whole point of you know taylor swift being at the chiefs game we have the best athlete of all like yeah most recognizable athlete yeah, ever yeah. most recognizable star both at arrowhead It was four thousand days ago that you know banners were flying tucker was 14 years old at that time <laughs> so if wrong drive, like, driver's permit that game did start with the safety by the way um <laughs> i'll i'm blunt <laughs> no, by the all like all that's a me. really weird way for andy Reid's first points it's an offensive genius it, yeah it's gonna be like a trivia question at some point like who scored who scored the first points for, you know, Andy Reid's time with the Chiefs and it's like the defense did.
1: Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a Jaguar safety. They did it on
0: the Chiefs. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jaguars had blocked a punt out of the back of the end zone. That's right. And it was a safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that yes. before well, the YouTube comes. Yeah, don't use that in Twitter. They're <laughs> 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 wrong about a lot of things. And that's okay. And we'll admit it. Donnie Avery actually caught the first touchdown pass uh, from yeah, Alex really? Smith. Five-yard, five-yard touchdown passes were the first points in mm. the Andy Reid era. And it was a 24. 20- 15 then that we didn't have a wide receiver catch a touchdown yes i believe it was 2015 yeah, donnie avery was going to catch one he stepped out of bounds or it was aj jenkins one of them like had a touchdown he stepped out of bounds it was come a long ways
1: yeah let's not go back to that time
0: yeah uh okay and then the second fewest yards the los angeles rams uh that was on november 27th 2022 not to be confused with the shootout that had like the most yards it was also against the rams uh third uh st louis Rams, that was on October 26th, 2014. Wow. Uh, it was 200 yards. And then at San Diego on November 22nd, 2015, with just 201 yards uh, allowed by the Chiefs defense. And again, 203 against the Bears uh, in pretty much three quarters. And they they probably would have, it could have been the best they had ever done if they had left. If the they, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Same same thing, but. All right. You want to go to number nine for us? Yeah. Back to back takeaways.
1: Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs went to work. Late in the second quarter, uh, Trent McDuffie forcing a fumble. We have talked about Mm. so much about Trent McDuffie and his uh, sophomore year. But anyways, linebacker Willie Gay Jr. able to jump on that recovery. The Chiefs then go on to kick field goal. Uh, Harrison Bucker coming in clutch per usual. And yeah, Mark McDuffie's third career force fumble and was the second career fumble recovery for Gay on the next drive. Chicago safety, Justin Reed registered a pass deflection. Justin Fields searched for wide receiver Chase Claypool. I'm doing a terrible job reading this, but um, Mike Edwards able to, to to pick him off. So to be able to see that offseason addition with the second-year players coming up big, it's just a perfect little combo of the Chiefs defense yet again, showing that they... Um, like this is a defense that scores points <laughs> like,
0: yes they are you know, we they saw are
1: flashes of that in the
0: super Bowl, making plays and we've talked about Trent McDuffie and he's just not blossoming into a, a solid starter he's going to blossom into a star uh in this league his ability to I get his hands on the football ability, take it yeah. away he's already shown that he can come up and tackle they mm-hmm. are not gonna play cornerback for Steve Spagnolo if you can't come up and make tackles but we've seen it we saw it against the Bears uh a handful of times where he's coming up making physical tackles uh and yeah uh justin reed deflecting the pass from justin mm-hmm. fields was intended for claypool and mike edwards coming up with the uh, at the interception mike edwards another one of those players yep that those are the kinds of signings with again he spent four years i believe it was four years with the tampa bay buccaneers before coming over uh it's one of those sneaky good signings uh from brett veach i think it was a one-year four million dollar deal he was very similar to what drew tranquil got and we talk about the, the patrick mahomes and the travis kelseys and and all of those and i hadn't put this in my head till right now and i apologize if it's a terrible um, comparison but t- we were talking before mm. about colorado Oregon, again yeah and then like you know dion is going to get colorado there yeah at some and it's wonderful and- what he's doing yeah yeah and i promise there's a point to this uh, i'll bring it back around but like they have got absolute st- Shadu-, Shadu sanders is a star yeah. travis hunter is a star dylan edwards is going to be a star but you got to have everybody else, yeah. and that's what Colorado doesn't have right now. They need... and the Chiefs could be in a similar boat sorry, if Brett sorry. Beach wasn't good with bringing in guys like Drew Tranquil and drafting the way that they have, especially with the draft cast class from last year. Is that the Chiefs could very well be a Colorado type if they weren't good at adding talent all over the place? They didn't yeah. draft well. If they didn't make good moves in free agency and not just writing blank checks to everybody, with... um, but like, you got a good up you got a roster. Bolster. Everything else between to be stars. Good. And you and I talked about this uh regarding the Colorado Oregon and not that we were rooting against Colorado, and I want to make sure I articulate this yeah. correctly. So we were not rooting against Colorado, but both of us are so team oriented for the way that we grew up and the way that we use yeah. sports in general, and that it takes an entire team to be successful. Sure. And Oregon was about an entire team of like players on the same Me- page, And Colorado they just haven't had time to get there. No. They, have absolute they don't space, have the personnel yet. But they don't have the entire team set yeah. yet. And I like the message that it takes the entire team being on the same page with the players of the same caliber in order for them to get across the finish line. You can't just take four stars and then just a bunch of other guys right. and make it work. That being said, do I think that there are going to be five to ten offensive linemen that are playing for other schools around the country that don't see what's happening in Colorado and say I'll, bro- I'll yep, block. exactly. I'll, I'll do block that for Dylan Edwards, and I'll go block for Travis Hunter. It's like hell yeah. or I'll go. I'm at a, I'm a good offensive lineman on an average or below average Division one team. He is going to get five to out yeah. of those guys. He may get fifty dudes that but, want to go and, be a part of it.
1: And Deion Sanders has said that openly.
0: He's yeah. like, I know we need size. We need eight to ten more big. He's like, we need eight to ten to more those fifty to sixty. Offensive yeah, the line and It makes the sense. Transport portal being what it is, Colorado is going to get there. I'm just saying when it comes to players like Mike Edwards, don't dissuade how important moves and people like that are, right yeah. are on moves like that for Brett Veach and company he did it again with Drew Tranquil, who I thought played really well uh, in place of, uh, and Matty Lang talked about it on the, yeah. the post game show. He put it on, on Twitter playing in place of Nick Bolt that Drew Tranquil again, one year, $4 million deal. Yeah, he wasn't going out, just writing blank checks to, to get talent here. They went out and found it. And he was, uh, he is in Mike Edwards, another one of those uh, moves that, I followed the trade, I I got you. I wove it all I in there. I followed
1: it from the Colorado to the Oregon, back to the to Chiefs. And it's a it, solid point. You do it, have it, it to, acts. the Stars have to have a bolstered up roster in between them for things to play out the way that they do. Yeah. And these players are key to
0: what the Chiefs' success is going to yeah. look like. And I think season. you and I both agree that it. so much of team success has to do with things. That team are mentality they're not going to fire. the team has to leadership be tight the team has to to get along they have to root for each other they mm-hmm. have to be able to be accountable to one another you can't just assimilate a bunch of talent and expect him to go out there and win something important it, yeah. it takes uh, that next level of stuff and it's a reason that andy reeds as good as he is and uh, he's had the career that he has and the people speak about him the way that they do because of the way that he's treated people and the way that he's created that team environment within a professional organization which isn't the easiest thing in the world to do with as much money and egos and uh, all the stuff flying around like makes it that much more impressive.
1: I agree with you. I all agree all with you. Right, He's got special number ten. Yeah, you want to try? I would. i would another shot. That was mean. I, I was like, another shot. shot at this. Well, I was reading it and I was kind of like, <clears throat> How much am I going to really
0: read of this? I've gotten used. to it. I do this for an entire year. You, so did. you could watch me, you did. like skipping around and just kind of uh, reading it, kind of not reading you know. it.
1: Anyways, we're going to talk about the defense a little bit more. Yep. Uh, Mike Dana. Obviously, second sack or half. Well, wait. He had. Did they credit him with that
0: first sack
1: of the game? I can't remember. Or did they split up between? Yeah, that's what See I thought. But anyway, in a
0: race between
1: Tucker and I. And okay, right but according to the notes, I'll just read while you guys race to figure out the actual stats. The second I half, with
0: one full sack.
1: Okay, um, getting down Justin Fields for a loss of four yards that put the Bears back to the Chicago twenty-eight yard line, which forced the Bears to a third and seven which they did not convert on shocker Shocker! he stayed hot ended with three solo tackles including one for loss QB pressure and of course the sack that you guys just said he tied the lead with 2.5 sacks this season so far this is a guy who gosh I can't remember what year he's in but he was drafted in 2020 I want to say so he's on the same draft class as Snead I think and he is having an exceptional year This time, like so far through three games. And I don't know if that was because of the gap that I mean, not not playing the exact same position, but the gap that, or maybe the pressure that Jones lost in the first game and that was allowing him to capitalize. But he was also a guy that we saw during training camp who continued to just stand out on tape and continue to bring not only the pressure, the effort, but it just seems like, and I said this with Karloftis too, but he's winning on the reps. His football IQ is advancing and we're seeing the pressure that he's bringing and he's he's reading like he's reading these these uh, offenses like a book and getting there in time. And it's impressive to see where he's coming.
0: Was I right about with the sneeze? Yeah, it was the 2020? 2020 draft. Okay. He was the pick 177 and I was just looking at his draft profile. and I think it's interesting because you talk about scouting and, and being right on guys and. It's one thing to be right on first round picks, uh, where there's a lot of eyeballs on them as sure. more just information on some of those top guys because they've had, you know, people writing about him, media writing about him, people watching him for so long. Uh, but Mike Dana had just 17 starts in college uh, between Central Michigan and Michigan combined. That's right. And so didn't have a ton That's of experience. That. So shout out, you know, whether Terry Delt, maybe his area. Uh, I know that area scouts sometimes either get credit or not credit, depending upon how a player in their area gets drafted. It's not his area. doesn't mean it was his guy um, that ended up getting selected. But in this case, he might go ahead and claim like, <laughs> it's his guy at this point. What would, yeah. Jeez. But I'll never forget. And Tucker will probably remember this when we went to the combine and Sean Barber uh, had a chance to sit down with his former college coach, Joe Cullen, who is now the defensive line coach yeah. for the chiefs. And Sean was talking and asking Joe Cohen about the defensive line room. And Joe Cohen spoke more highly of Mike Dana. And he made some comment almost exactly like, if I give me a room full of Mike Dana's and like, we'll really? get to work. And for a player, again, who's six two, two sixty, 60, at least that's what he did coming out, not the biggest guy in the world, mm-hmm. but has absolutely found a role. Mike Dana is the type of player. And what we've seen from him, the type of production that you get, was a reason why you win Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's not. I'm not backing down from that statement. You need guys like that to step up and make plays. And not just about your superstars. You need absolutely everybody in order to make that run to beat three or four, three or four good teams in the playoffs. We've seen it with Mike Dana. It's great to see the start that he's had. Craig Stout said it on the post game show last night. First thing he said, "Pay him now. Pay Mike Dana now." <laughs> yeah, let's not. He's all certainly going to get more expensive.
1: Stuff. Yeah, he uh, just a guy who has had the. It's. It's. I don't know if it's preparation plus opportunity. You know the basic coaching statement that has always been thrown out there but he has come into his own this season and to see what he's been able to do the pressure that he's brought like you said not the biggest kind of guy uh and they weren't I don't think that they were not not like not big on him in previous seasons but there wasn't necessarily the need for him to fill and I think also pairing with the fact that he's finally doing what he does best and seems to be really taking that step up in the defense it seems like the perfect storm for him this season. So more out of him. Hopefully it continues more out of the defensive line and yeah. and more out of this secondary. It's just going to be a, an exceptional
0: year for the defense. I'm excited for it. We are going to talk about one more thing. We're going to give a bonus point. Okay. A bonus extra one. Uh, Don't make me Should have mentioned it. Chris Jones getting his sack. I think we did. Yeah. Uh, George Karloff just drew tranquil. Yep. Got in uh, oh, there boy. on the sack but Justin Watson. Yeah. I talk about this play because it is the highlight of all highlights. Uh, one of those plays you saw a line, you're like, Oh, that was a crazy good throw. And now that all the different angles are coming out. Yeah. You're realizing that that could be a top 15 throw. It's a top 15 to 20 ish throw for Patrick Mahomes in his career. It's a top two or three throw for most every other above average quarterback. quarterback in the NFL right now. Guys who have been in the league for a long time might not ever in their career, make a throw like we saw from Patrick Mahomes to Justin Watson. Um, Throw it on the run. It was actually a pretty good rep from Travis Kelsey um, as well. Um, doing pass block. He's one on one in pass pro. Uh, it's the reason that Mahomes got off his off his spot. But uh, the throw, crazy enough as it is, but also it's the catch. catch yeah, uh, I call it a center fielder turn, outfield turn, baseball. I'm a up playing baseball, so that's what I'm used to. But it's where you're looking over like your left shoulder <laughs> as you're tracking the ball, and then you have to turn and then look over your opposite shoulder uh, without completely turning your body around, and then find the ball again. Uh, and make a play and the fact that he turned his head like that catching a baseball is hard to do let alone catching a football with a guy on your back with the end zone right there and just all the noise and just all of the just craziness going on you've stood down there on an it's line to make a play like that and to be able to track a football like that uh unbelievable play and the reason that i wanted to, to bring up this point it's not just the highlight that we see and it's not just the confidence that chiefs fans have in justin watson who was one of the more I don't know what the word for it is. Some fans didn't think that Justin Watson was going to make the team because of what Justin Ross was doing. And Justin Watson was one of those guys that some fans had said, why is this guy on the team? Why can he do it? It's not, not just you, that he can. you, BJ. You were right. I'm not saying that I absolutely <laughs> love Justin Watson. I know that Brett Veach really likes Justin Watson. He's liked no, him for I, a long time. I'm with you on it. But what I'm going to say is what that throw does, I think that's more impactful than all of us yeah. our takes that don't matter anyway about what we think about Justin Watson. Patrick Mahomes just learned that he can just throw the ball at Justin Watson's general direction and, and he will make an absolutely unbelievable play to track a football. And so for a player that's going to give in one-on-one situations his guys opportunities to make plays, that reinforced the Patrick Mahomes. I just get it in his area. He will go make a play for me. I don't have to worry about him being wide open or not tracking it right. or getting intercepted because the trust. he turned the wrong way. The trust is there, yeah. I'm watching it back right now,
1: and uh, from from each angle, if you, if you need to watch this, I know that those who are listening um, and not actually watching the podcast, um, Kansas say Sports Network tweeted it out, and it's just from every single angle of this catch. Patrick Mahomes is getting thrown to the ground. There's that too. <laughs> Th- throughout the entire throw and just yeets it up there like a dime, and <laughs> he just perfectly cradles it and catches it, and, and he's, you know... Not clean doing so. He's got a man right yeah. on him the entire way down. And it's just, you see all the bears on the sideline be like, no, less than catch. But he had complete control. And it just yeah. for all those things to perfectly align, uh, you you will never just, hey, he's forever going to be underrated
0: like you guys tweeted. I try to, like, like the 15th time I watched that play, I tried to think of it from like a defensive coordinator's point of view. I don't know how you, you got better. I don't say you got pressure. I don't know how they, they would categorize that because I like sure. Kelsey did a, a pretty good job one-on-one. Uh, but he got him off his spot. And so, like, that's yeah. the way that the coaches always talk it's like it, pressure, whatever, just move the quarterback off his spot. Mm-hmm. There's Rush Four, got him off his spot, he was throwing on the run, and there was tight coverage everywhere. Yeah. You watch that highlight, there's nobody that's really open. And even when Patrick Holmes threw that football, he was looking over his inside shoulder because that was not the trajectory of the route yes. being run. Patrick Holmes just threw to an open spot, uh, and Justin Watson went and made the play on it. But, um, I don't know if you're a defense coordinator, how you watch that play, and you're not just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, what are we? what are we You can't even this? game plan for this. <laughs> yeah I think Seth Kaiser uh, of Only Weird Games, which make sure you check that out. Uh, you're listening to his podcast. It's probably already out. Only Weird Games would be a fun show to listen to. But I know Seth made a, a highlight video uh, <laughs> last, maybe it was last year or two years ago of defensive back and linebackers' reactions after a Patrick Mahomes crazy play. Oh we were just a bunch of guys like shaking their head, like and looking at each other with their hands up, like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> we can't stop this guy. And it was just like dozens of plays of guys being annoyed. But anyway, we appreciate everybody for hanging out with us and spending part of your day with us listening to this episode or watching this episode of 10 Things. Again, if you would like a chance to win one of these new shirts, says I Love Bourbon and Football. Thanks to our friends at Holiday Distillery. We have a few as giveaways. Uh, hit us up in the comment section on YouTube. Let us know what your favorite takeaway was or your favorite thing uh, from the Chiefs went over the Bears on Sunday. Or if you don't want to do it on YouTube, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, let us know what your favorite play was, and uh, we'll pick a couple, and we'll send those shirts out to you. But that's all I got. I think we, we touched on Taylor it. Swift, we touched on the defense, the offense, and how crazy awesome everything is that's going on right now and can't well so um, Speaking, I'll show you. My daughter and I have a handshake. Do you? It's pretty, it's like the cutest thing ever. She won't do it in public. What? She's just like, no, there's people around. I get that.
2: Oh, we haven't ended the show yet. Hey,
0: thanks everybody <laughs> for hanging out. We'll see you that next episode. We'll see you later. <laughs> I wish you all could see Tucker's face right now. Peace.
2: The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better